0: Hello and welcome back to Spinalcast. I'm your host, David Stevens, and joining us today is Becky Walker and her two sisters, Bernadette Finken and Bridget Peters. Becky uh, works as a senior vice president and director of retail branches for True Stone Financial Credit Union, uh, and she was injured in a car accident when she was just 15 years old. Bernadette uh, currently works for Best Buy as the head of talent and acquisition. And uh, she's Becky's older sister and was actually 16 years old at the time of Becky, Becky's accident. And lastly, but certainly not least, we have Bridget. Uh, Bridget is a registered nurse in the ICU unit at the United Hospital here in Minnesota. Um, she's Becky's little sister and was only 13 years old at the time of the accident. Uh, all three of you, thank you so much for joining today's podcast. Glad to
1: be Thanks for here. Thanks having us.
0: So, uh, you know, in today's episode, we're kind of trying to take a a slightly different route from uh, episodes in the past. And we'd really like to kind of get a sibling's perspective on spinal cord injury um, and how, you know, Becky's injury has affected both of you um, throughout your lives um, back when it happened, but also um, today. Uh, So does that sound all right to everybody? Sounds good. Great. So, uh, Becky, if you wouldn't mind, would you kind of start us off with the injury story and kind of run us through what what happened and how it happened?
2: Absolutely. Um, like David said, I was injured in a car accident when I was 15. Uh, I grew up in South Dakota, and in South Dakota, we can drive when we're 14. Uh, long story short, we... Um, got the approval to leave the city limits. We grew up in a small town. It's called Millbank, South Dakota. And, um, back in the day, my dad would just allow us to drive to town and from town. We lived three miles out of the, uh, out in the country. And, um, dad took about three days. I asked him well in advance if I could leave town to go to a uh, nearby town to run an errand with my friend and it took him about three days to say yes. He finally said yes so after school my friend and I uh, left the city limits uh, we went to a nearby town called Lomont to pick up her cat from the vet and on the way back from um, picking her cat up from the vet uh, my friend lost control of the car. I uh, flew out of the center of, my back um, at T8 and T9 um, and was paralyzed from the waist down.
0: Were you aware or were you conscious after the accident, and like aware that um you were unable to clearly move your your lower extremities?
2: So I was in and out of consciousness. Um, I was in the ditch. I remember it. It was on march twenty eighth so a cold, cold day. Um, and I remember lying in the ditch and not really knowing what was going on. I punctured my lungs, so mm. I was having a difficult breathing. Um, and I remember trying to push myself up i couldn 't figure out why i couldn't stand um and it did dawn on me. you know everything was just I was in pain and um trying to trying to breathe, trying to stand up um, and it took a while for the ambulance to come and uh it was funny once the ambulance came, like I said, we grew up in a small town. Um, the gentleman who came in the ambulance, he was a volunteer, all of the ambulance um EMTs are volunteers in my small town. And, uh, he just hired me. He worked at Hardee's. Um, and he just hired me like two weeks ago, um, prior to that, um, to work with him at Hardee's. And he kept asking me my, what my name was. I, like how do you not know me just hired me. But he was trying to see if I knew who I was. I was like I remember being kind of annoyed at the point, like, how do you not know me? I was in so much pain and da 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 but anyway Well at least you were um, clear enough to,
0: to recognize the fact you had just <laughs> recently gotten hired at parties. I mean you you were with it.
2: I was with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's that story. Okay. Uh so Bridget and Bernadette, this question is for both of you, but we'll, we'll have Bridget start. How did you end up hearing about the injury? Were the two of you together um, or separate at the time? How did you hear about it?
3: Um, no, we were not together. I was babysitting at the time um, out by the lake, and I was babysitting for a woman who was a waitress and had an apartment above the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so someone had called the restaurant and had said that Becky was in a car accident. So this woman came up to the apartment and said, you know, your sister Becky was in a car accident. Do you want um, somebody to come get you? And at first I was like, um, well, (laughs) by that time, Bernadette had had several car accidents. (laughs) It was fine. and So I was like, no, it's fine. I'm good. Like this just kind of happens. And um, so then like 10 minutes later, she came back up and said, your sister's coming to get you. And then I, then I got a little worried. So then I knew it was a little, little more serious. Mm -hmm. And then it was actually Bernadette and a friend that had come, come up to the lake to bring me into town.
0: Okay. So Bernadette, uh, what about you when where were you or what were you doing when you found found out about the accident?
1: Yeah, so I had plans that day after school to go running with a friend of mine named Amy, and she canceled on me last minute cuz she got invited to go three-wheeling with our friend Corey. And so I was I came home from school and I Napped. I went to my bedroom, which was downstairs. And I took a really, really long nap. And I'd probably been sleeping for at least an hour or so. And dad comes into the bedroom and says, get in the car. Becky's been in an accident. And we need to head to the hospital. And so um, dad, mom, and then my little sister, Maggie, how old would Maggie have been at that time? Probably like seven. Seven. Right. So Maggie and I in the back seat, and we followed the ambulance to town. So mm. um, we were, we were praying. It was our father, hail Mary, glory be our father, hail Mary, glory be praying. Because um, I think when dad got the phone call, they told him that it was pretty serious. And so um, I, we got to the hospital and I remember getting to see Becky as they were bringing her in. Um, out of the ambulance and I get to say a few words to her, um, before they brought her into the emergency room or wherever they took her to do the initial, the initial triage.
0: Mm -hmm. So, but interestingly
1: enough, so and the reason I mentioned my friend Amy, so at, um, at the hospital, my friend Amy's mom was there as well as a bunch of my other friends, um, from high school. Mm. And I'm like, what are you guys all doing here? Well, Amy and Corey were in a terrible three-wheeler accident on the other side of town. So this oh is my a gosh. small town of 5,000 people, teeny tiny little town, two traumatic events all on the same day. Um, and in fact, I think Becky even got one of the helicopters that was called for that first accident because her, her injury was more serious. But at the time, Amy's mom thought Amy would be just fine. They thought she just had a broken arm. But my friend Steve Brozel was there because of this accident. And he's the one that drove me out to the lake to pick up Bridget. Um, and mm. um bring her back to the hospital. Unfortunately, they misdiagnosed Amy. She was bleeding internally and she died several years, several hours later. So it was a really Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, yeah.
0: An awful day.
1: It was, it was awful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so how, how, once, once, uh, you know, Becky had gotten to the hospital and, um, was undergoing treatment of sorts and, you know, exploratory kind of what, what actually happened, how long did it take before you heard anything back? Were you just sitting in the waiting room and like praying the whole time, like, how long of a wait did you have?
1: I don't even remember. Do you remember, Bridge? I mean, it,
3: I don't either. I don't. It's all. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Just, I'm sure it would just feel like eternity.
3: It was such a whirlwind, but you know, those helicopters have to come from like Sioux Falls, right? Which by land that's two and a half hours. So I don't know how fast they, you know, got to uh, Millbank. Um. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember at all. It is quite a bit of a blur.
0: So, B- Becky, do you do you remember, um, like, a, a, what what do you remember most about that experience of of you know, obviously the injury and and all of that, but what, do you remember anything specifically as far as getting to the hospital and and all of? Do you the remember stu-
1: talking to me at the hospital? Do you remember me me getting to? Dis-
2: I remember you and then maggie um and i remember feeling bad because may maggie our little sister who was seven was just in tears she was sobbing and she just wanted to hug me and hold me and they had me um you know on a bridget what's the right word uh gotcha yeah thank you
0: and you know i was
2: all boarded up and, and wrapped up and um I just said, yeah, yeah, Megs, you know, I was was my little annoying, annoying sister at the time. And um, I felt bad in the helicopter ride for not giving her more attention. Um, I remember feeling that. And then when I got to the hospital, so I was flown to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Sioux Valley Hospital. um, I met my mom and dad in the elevator. And I don't know, I had to be rushed into surgery because they did exploratory surgery on my stomach because I was um, throwing up blood. Mm. So they thought there were internal injuries. And I don't know at what point I saw my dad in the elevator, my mom and dad. But by that time, they had made the drive to Sioux Falls. And I just said to my dad, I looked up and said, you know, I can't feel my toes, you know. And he said, yeah, I I do know. Mm. So he knew at that point, yeah.
0: Well, and I suppose that initial onset of recognizing the fact that you have a spinal injury and that you've lost functionality or feeling, even just feeling, I think is is really off-putting um, and kind of terrifying for, for anybody. Um, so I can imagine what you were going through a little bit, but certainly not to, to the degree you were experiencing. So kind of jumping forward a little bit, past the injury and past the, the treatment in the hospital. Um, we'll go back to Becky. What was it like when you first came home? Like how, well, first off, how long were you in the hospital for? And then what was your first experience when you came home? Like, how was that?
2: So I was, um, in, at Sioux Valley hospital for two weeks, and then I was flown to Craig rehab center in in Colorado. And I was there only for six weeks and I could not wait to get back home. Um, I went to Colorado. I just couldn't believe they wouldn't let me go home for at least one day to see everybody, not really understanding <laughs> how, um, how much help I would need in order to do that. But, um, I was, yeah, in rehab for six weeks and, um, my mom and dad came to visit me, um, on and off different times, um, because they had a whole house full of kids right. back home that I had to attend to as well. Um and then, on uh, my final you know when when I said goodbye to Craig and went home um bernadette came Bridget came, my little sister Maggie came, and um we all drove back together, which is pretty awesome so i
0: I imagine for uh bridget for for you and bernadette that this was you know the time that she was at rehab it was probably a little bit tormenting of you know like I just want to see her, I know she's okay but we aren't allowed to see her. And obviously you had lives going on too. Um, but you know, how was, how was it knowing that she was going to survive, but when she came back, it was going to be different. Did you have any sort of preemptive thoughts about what it was going to be like when she came back? Or, um, were you just kind of taking it as the, you know, taking the punches as they come?
3: I think for me, I was just taking the punches as they came Yeah, because, um, As far as I remember, it's so hard because it was so long ago. Um, I remember, you know, just trying to focus on school and playing catch up because I was out of school for a while and then prepping to go to Colorado for some more time out of school. It was the end of the school year and I was preparing for eighth grade graduation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we learned a lot more about her accident and her um, abilities and how her um, life was changing, and how her activities would change once we got out to Craig Hospital.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, the the team out there really taught us a lot more, um, and gave us the best picture. That's all I can really remember. I just know it was stressful between mom and dad leaving and coming back, and we had an amazing community that stepped in and helped every inch of the way. Yeah, um, too many people. Name. Um, so just remember just a lot of people helping us out. Yeah. So
1: I was the oldest at home at the time, although Colette did come home for a bit from college, I remember to help out. Um, I felt like mom and dad were gone the whole time. I felt like I was taking care of the kids for the whole six weeks. And I'm sure that's probably not true. But mom had, you know, mom and dad had a great set of, of, Friends who would come out and bring us food, that help us do the laundry. Um, but I remember just thinking, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. I can't wait for things to be- get back to normal. And um, I sat it one, one night and mom's, one of mom's friends was very much a truth bomb. She's, she's always saying it like it is. You guys can probably guess who it is. Um, but she looked me straight in the face and said, your life will never be back to normal your life will never be the same again. And they wanted to punch her. Um, and I was so mad, oh, I was so mad, but I do think I needed to hear that, um, you know, and, um, you know, that our, that our lives were gonna be different, so.
0: When you came home, was your house, uh, you know, in order for a wheelchair? Like, it, was it prepared for you to come home? Did you have, did they have to prepare the house before you got home? and you know, install ramps and things? Or how how was that kind of transition?
2: Yeah, it wasn't prepared at all. So we had to um, improvise um, from, oh gosh, it was a couple of years actually. Um, and this is when my sisters really stepped up. Uh, they stepped up so many times. And I'm so glad we're doing this because um, let me just say that um, you know, those of us who are injured, a lot of times the story is about us, right? And those who support us, um, a lot of times it get messed. And I have been so blessed with the support system that I've had. My sisters, my brother, absolutely amazing, have uh, supported me along the way and from the get-go, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: and I'll give you an example of that when you ask about the house. So um, I think my dad built a wooden ramp for me to get in. There's like three or four steps to get in. The bathroom wasn't accessible at all. And I needed help in the shower in the morning. And I'm 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I want is my mom showering me. Right? Right. So my sisters volunteered to get up early and help me shower, um, which was so special to me that they would do that um, because they had busy lives, you know. But they really made it more of a, what I want to say, more of a like a fun activity rather than a chore mm-hmm. um and and really made it um as though it was something that it was easy for me to accept that i needed help rather than someone who uh, was dependent on someone for help does that make sense
0: yeah absolutely so bernadette how would you say that you know outside of um you know the 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 clear and obvious ways that you were you know helping your your sister how how would you say that the injury kind of affected your relationship together um were there times in which you know you might have thought of inviting becky to things and then didn't because of the injury or you know how was the relationship affected both good and bad i mean mean, you know the fact that this wonderful story becky just told um i think that is probably a positive thing in the relationship you know a, a remedial daily task that you do um, and getting to do that with someone who cares about you so much um, is something I don't think anybody really gets the opportunity to do. So I, th- I can see that as a positive. Um, so either either direction, good or bad, yeah. just kind of how did it affect I mean,
1: honestly, I feel like all good came out of it from a relationship perspective. So mm. I, I think my sisters would attest to um, prior to Becky's accident, honestly, I think I was the most selfish teenager ever on the planet. I was really into myself. I thought wow. I was amazing. I really was. They they would make fun of <laughs> me. It's true. Walking it's quite by the movie oh yeah. Thinking I was thinking I was all that. And just me, 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 me. I remember thinking like, why would anyone even do things for other people other than them, themselves? It just seemed so like against logic for me, and it really did. And Becky's accident completely and totally broke my heart. And for the first time in my life, I cared about somebody else way more than I cared about myself. <laughs> I remember I remember asking the doctor if there was such a thing as a back transplant, because I wanted to give her mine. And um, mm. And that wasn't just a fleeting change in my life. <laughs> um i really attribute becky and the way that she um that she handled with grace this trauma and this injury um it completely changed my life and i'd like to think um that my husband and i are um more about service to others than doing things for ourselves and it really it really started um with this accident and realizing that life is is bigger than just your own selfish endeavors for yourself. And um, to this day I would do absolutely anything um, for Becky and for any of my sisters. So I, I would, I would never wish this accident uh, if I could choose that it not happened for Becky. But for me, it was a very life-changing moment um, that, that changed me permanently really for the rest of my life.
0: Well, I think that's, it's, a a very pleasant um sentiment that that you were able to pull such a positive out of such a negative um I think that's that's wonderful and Bridget did you feel like you had any sort of relationship adjustments that you had to you know adapt to or um would you similarly state that it was all positive um as far as relationships are concerned
3: Yeah, definitely all positive. I think um, as a 13 year old, I had some, I think like some anger issues. I was just really angry over it. Becky and I are like Mm -hmm. 15 months apart. I mean, we were raised, you know, like best buddies I was just, I was just mad this happened to her. I was mad at God. I was mad at the universe, you know, type of thing. But I wanted, there, there wasn't anything I would never do for her. I wanted to help her, you know, as much as she needed it. But I wanted to do it in a way where it wasn't noticeable type of thing. Like I never wanted it to be like a big, like a big ordeal to get her up and down the curbs or get her chair in and out of the, the car. I was just like, let's just do this. Let's just do it. And just we're going to go on our way. Like Becky's doing the same thing. She's always done. It's just in a wheelchair now, which was very much her mindset as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just want it to be, I just didn't want it to be such a big, everything was such a big production type of thing, you know, and I didn't want more attention on her for her. Um, so, I mean, I know there are times in public where, People would stare or something, and I would with either a <laughs> facial uh, expression or a hand gesture, let them know that it was not appropriate to be looking at my sister like that right <laughs> might have gotten trouble from my and dad for that sometimes, maybe sometimes in church, but um, and it was kind of like a little sister <laughs> protective thing yeah. um, you know, just helping her do whatever needed to be done, and I just kind of wanted it to be. Done and easy, and this is our new way. And let's just go, Bridget.
1: Do you remember one of the first questions you asked the doctors? And this is one of the things I loved about Bridget because Bridget didn't treat Becky like she was any different, from my perspective, mm. um, in a good way. And tell me if I'm making this up, but what I remember, do you remember the first question <laughs> she asked the doctors? Is she still going to be able to help with dishes? <laughs> 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 no, was I trying to be funny? Was I seriously trying to make light of the situation?
2: <laughs> it is true. I do remember that. It's hilarious. And I'm like, yes, I'll be able to help with dishes.
1: And she did. We didn't let her off the hook. That's
0: you know. we'll we'll get you up on a box, and you can sit right up on the sink, and <laughs> and get it all taken care of, right? Yes. Well so Becky coming back to you um you know given given the the situation that you experienced and and the injury and th- these wonderful siblings that you were surrounded with and the loving family um you know what sort of advice would you give to someone who's um or to anyone really who's been surrounded by someone close to them being in an, you know, having an injury similar or, or becoming paralyzed. Is there advice that you would give to, you know, siblings or parents who may be experiencing that in their own lives? Oh gosh.
2: Um, I would say, um, you know, I'll just say what I appreciated from, from my siblings and, The dishes story is a great example right like um they didn't treat me differently they expected um me to go to college they expected that i'd get good grades in school i didn't get a buy because i was in a wheelchair um part of me wanted to make sure i could keep up with them right Mm -hmm. Bernadette and bridget they're two very very smart people um, I had to work really hard for my grades. It came more naturally for them. <laughs> but, um, after my accident, you know, I, before my accident, I was very uh, physically involved with sports and I loved doing stuff like that. Well, I knew after my accident, I had to really focus on, um, what I could do with my brain. And, um, you know, they helped push me that and they were an example for me when it came to that. Um, I think just having patience and knowing that everybody um, is on their own timeline after they're injured is really important. Um, there will there will be moments of sadness. There will be moments of anger. There will be moments of acceptance. And um, it all might happen many times in one day or might be a week of a certain emotion. Um, but just having patience for somebody who's going through it is important. Um, listen to them, I think, is important. Um, and kind of see where they're at but don't treat them, don't treat them any differently. I think it's really important to remember who they were before the accident and know that that's the the same person, even though it's after the accident. Mm -hmm. Um, but give them some grace because they're adjusting, um, with the trauma that they're going through.
0: It's a wonderful answer. Bridget, would you have any additional, um, pieces of advice for, for people, um, who might be dealing with a loved one who's been injured?
3: Um, you know, I would just say, just continue to be open with your, um, open with your feelings, but which is hard, but like, ask all the questions, ask all, all the hard questions and let people ask you all the questions. You know, I felt sometimes when we got back, people were quiet and didn't want to ask anything. And then there was like the elephant in the room in certain situations. Um, and I, I, kind of feel that people, you know, then I'd get together with like my high school. Well, then I got into high school girlfriends and we'd really talk about stuff in like small groups and that always felt better. But like, I felt like the larger portion of like classmates and such, it was kind of like hush hush. And I would, I would, um, I would give advice to just let people ask all the questions and, um, you know, what, what their curiosities are, just so that things can become more normal and more known about, you know?
0: Absolutely. What about you, Bernadette?
1: Oh, gosh, I think their answers were were amazing. But um I guess I'll just add, I think each person plays a little bit different role, right, based off of your own personality, and that you are in that individual's life, probably for a reason because of what you give to them in that moment. So, you know, I feel like Bridget really gave Becky normalcy. I'm not sure what I gave Becky, definitely my definitely my heart and soul, um, but like Colette was the fighter, right? So um, interesting fact, the Americans with Disabilities Act passed about three or four months after Becky's accident. Mm. So the first couple of years of Becky being injured um you know a lot of businesses and and areas were um were still getting up to speed with the America, American with Disabilities Act and my sister Colette is just like a little fighter and so everywhere she went she was reminding people of the American with Disabilities Act and that their establishment was not up to code i remember going bar hopping in in St Cloud you know, and we're trying to get, or not St. Cloud, St. Paul, and we're trying to get into bars and there wasn't a door wide enough and Colette is marching to the owner and Becky and I are like, oh my God, we'll just go to the bar down the street, you know, but I think based off of our own personalities and who we are, we each kind of gave a little bit something different to what Becky needs. And right. so just pay attention to like your own strengths and, and they're, they're probably there for a purpose. Um, for the situation and mm-hmm. kind of all play all play a unique role
0: i love that and i think i think you you bring up a a good point you know at least from my experience in the in the people we've interviewed it sounds like a lot of times the those who have been injured end up with a much greater community um than they had ever asked for or ever believed that they had. Um, the support around them always seems to be just this, you know, awe-striking awe um, amount. But I also know that's probably not the case for everyone. I'm sure there are people out there who have been injured who just don't have that same amount of support. And so just hearing this story and hearing you talk about all the siblings and, and how much your family went through, um, I think it's, it's just a very heartwarming story. Um, I guess one of the questions I had was, did you notice how, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to word this, but how did this event and situation affect your parents? Did it put a strain on them? Um, did it, you know, did all of a sudden mom had a shorter fuse when something, you know, went wrong or, you know, how did it affect your your mom and dad? And anyone can jump in. I'm not, you know, targeting this at anybody in particular. If anybody would like to jump in, feel free.
2: I think Bernadette and Bridget, you'd probably have a better answer because I think mom and dad probably hid some of that for me um, because they didn't want me to see their true feelings. They were trying to be strong.
0: Right.
1: I remember dad had moments of being really, really mad. I remember one time in the hospital we're sitting in the in the waiting room, and he just got up and picked up a wheelchair and was ready to throw it out the window. He didn't even want to look at a wheelchair. And so, you know, he had he had moments like that for sure. Um, but he also just was so practical and wise with how to make accommodations for Becky so that her life would be as normal as possible. Mm-hmm. Mom was just heartbroken. And so you know, I, I did feel as a, as a sibling that she totally favored you and would do, you know, anything for Becky possible, right? But I, now that I'm a mom of three kids, I am sorry, I would be doing the exact same thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. just anything possible to make your life a little bit easier, I think, um, was kind of mom's role in that. I don't know. What do you think, Bridge?
3: Yeah, I mean, I just remember them just kind of being sad, I guess about it, you know, just having moments of choking up and crying, you know, mom can't tell a story without choking up and crying. So she couldn't give us updates about Becky without choking up and crying. And Mm -hmm. 13 year old me was annoyed with that. (laughs) Um, Then dad, I just remember him um, just, just wanting to get the house ready and making plans and um, just trying to prep and prepare for um, just to make Becky's transition home easier. I don't remember him getting angry or having periods.
1: They both also always had hope literally till the day they both died that Becky would be healed someday. So mom, it was definitely faith Mm -hmm. and prayer and miracles and dad. um, What was that? What was the name of that organization that he signed up for and would, I mean, my dad basically became a scientist. It felt like following all the scientific advancements that were happening in the spinal cord world. Mm -hmm. I remember him waiting for that newsletter to come so he could see what advancements had happened. Now I forget it was like SPI
2: or I forget what it was called, but spinal cord society way before MCPF. Oh, but Loved MCPF. Yes.
0: Well, good. Good. I I guess that that's kind of leads me into the final question for us today, and that is really kind of tying back to um, the research and, you know, spinal cord injuries in the future of SCI. Um, As I'm sure all three of you are well aware, there are. Um, significant organizations, scientists, and professionals all around the world who are continuing to work and search and hunt for a cure to paralysis or even treatments for paralysis to give, um, you know, minor functions back and things of that nature. But how closely, um, Bridget, do you follow uh, spinal cord injury research? And if not at all, that's completely understandable because I know everybody's busy. Um, but do you? have a particular um, interest in following uh, the, the updates and changes?
3: Honestly, it's what I received from MCPF. It's kind of what I've, I have followed. You know, going being at the golf tournaments and having um, like Peter's mom speak was always so inspirational on, um, on research advancements and such. I have not followed much beyond that, to be quite honest
0: yeah what about you bernadette? What are your kind of thoughts and feelings towards research?
3: yeah so um same
1: I get my a lot of my information from m c p f and then you see stuff as,
0: uh, thank you for the plugs no, by the real, way this is
1: awesome. um but <laughs> to just you know anything that comes across social media there's always you know and I'm always yeah. looking at it, sending it to Becky um you know, and, and hoping and praying that we can make some big, big breakthroughs, um, in our lifetime.
0: And I, well, if it, if it's any help to you guys, uh, the, from the interviews that we've had up to this point, the researchers we've interviewed, I think, uh, I think a solution, uh, maybe not a, a, you know, barring all situations solution, but, uh, a solution nonetheless for a large number of people is, is down the road. So, um, yeah. I don't think I really had anything else on, on the uh, the agenda for today. So uh, once again, I just wanted to thank each of you uh, again for joining us on SpinalCast. Bridget, thank you. Bernadette, Becky, thank you all um, very much for joining us. And uh, if you're at home watching us on YouTube, make sure you check out the uh, the description for a little bit more on all three of these wonderful guests. Um, if you're listening to us on a podcast platform, you could give us a follow. Also check the description, um, you know, like, subscribe on YouTube, all that sort of stuff. Um, is there any closing remarks that anybody would like to make?
2: I just want to say thank you, Bernadette and Bridget, for all you've done for me. Um, for many years, I cherish you and love you from the bottom of my heart. You and all of my other siblings, I couldn't have been um more blessed with the support and love that you've given me and thank you.
1: Thank you. We love you.
2: Like
3: you make you make things easy because you've been a go-getter from the from day 1 with such a positive attitude and um you know it's kind of been like chasing you and all of your successes, you know, throughout life, the way you do marathons and downhill ski and Everything else, all your scuba diving and everything else you've done. you I mean, you, you can put some people to shame, girl. Because <laughs> you so. pushed me. That's why. <laughs> I don't
1: know about that, but and I will thank you, David, for inviting us and oh. um, allowing us to be part of your broader family here. Um, you guys have been a great
0: support. Absolutely. I, I think... I think it's really meaningful for our viewers and our audience to really get more perspective than just, um, you know, the scientific uh, research being done or even, you know, someone who's been injured and understanding their story. Um, I think there's a lot of people involved anytime anyone gets injured um, and sometimes it gets harder to uh, recognize all of them. And so I'm just very, very happy we're able to make this happen. And very happy that everyone was able to join us here today. So,
1: David, I have a 10 year old here who really is hoping she can tell people to hit like and subscribe to your channel. Do you mind if she.
0: I would love that. I would absolutely love that.
1: This is Alice. This is Becky's niece. And here I am. Right.
0: Wonderful. <laughs>
1: Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you.
1: Hi, can everyone like and subscribe? And hi, Bridget. Hi, Becky. And hi, Alex. Thank you. (laughs) woo (laughs)
0: Thank you, everybody.
2: Thank you. Thank you, David.